The Bible Study Podcast, Episode 64. This is the 13th episode in a series on the Book of Romans. I'm titling Christianity 101. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. Today, Paul picks up the thought in chapter 10 of Romans that we were talking about last week as he looks at the people of Israel. And so let's jump right in. This comes from Romans 10. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. For I can testify about them that they are zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge, since they do not know the righteousness that comes from God and sought to establish their own. They did not submit to God's righteousness. Christ is the end of the law, so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. Again, as we said last week, Paul is writing as someone who is Jewish and who was zealous for his faith before he was a Christian until he encountered a risen Jesus on the road to Damascus. And so Paul here says that he's still praying for the people of Israel. He's still praying for his his relatives, those who are still not following Jesus, who are Jewish, and praying that they may be saved. Our understanding there is he's saying that Jewish people, like Gentiles, also need Jesus. That that is the way that God has provided to close the gap between he and us that was opened by sin. It sounds just a little harsh when he says, since they did not know righteousness that comes from God and sought to establish their own, because this is someone who is still faithful to his Jewish roots and is someone who grew up in, was trained as a Pharisee. But he is saying that because they did not recognize Christ, they didn't submit to God's righteousness. Christ is the end of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. So he's saying there isn't provided for them a different way to salvation through Moses and the law. Moses described in this way the righteousness that is by the law. The man who does these things will live by them. But the righteousness that is by faith says, Do not say in your heart, Who will ascend into heaven? That is, to bring Christ down. Or who will descend into the deep? That is, to bring Christ up from the dead. What does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is, the word of faith we are proclaiming. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all, and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. So this is the paragraph that says, no, no, this isn't bad news, this isn't a harsh news. Salvation is a gift that is very freely accepted. As Paul says, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, that is a relatively simple thing to do. The requirements for salvation, because Jesus has done all the work, are simple. And they're simple whether you're Jewish and they're simple whether you're Gentile. Anyone who trusts in him will not be put to shame. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And so 
Paul brings this message then back to us, back to the believers, back to the church, and says, we've established that God loves and desires for all to be saved, Jew and Gentile both, and how can they believe if someone doesn't bring the message? And basically, we are that someone. How beautiful on the feet of those who bring good news. But not all Israelites accepted the good news, for Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed our message? Consequently, faith comes from hearing, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. But I ask, did they not hear? Of course they did. Their voice has gone out into all the world, their voice to the ends of the world. Again I ask, did Israel not understand? First Moses says, I will make you envious of those who are not a nation. I'll make you angry by a nation who has no understanding. And Isaiah boldly says, I was found by those who did not seek me. I revealed myself to those who did not ask for me. But concerning Israel, he says, all day long I have held up my hands to a disobedient and obstinate people. Since Paul, since Paul is speaking in this section about and to the Jews, he uses no less than 12 Old Testament quotes in this particular chapter. And this last section here, starting in verse 16, he just goes one right after another. So, but not all the Israelites accept the good news. He says, for Isaiah says, and then he has a quote from Isaiah 53, Lord who has believed our message. And then their voice has gone out to the end of the world. Their words to the end of the earth is again a quote from Psalm 19 verse 4. And then again, he says, I will make you envious of those who are not a nation. I'll make you angry by a nation who has no understanding. And that's a quote from Deuteronomy 32, verse 21. I was found by those who did not seek me. I revealed myself to those who did not ask me is a quote from Isaiah 65, verse 1. And then he continues on, all day long I've held my hands to a disobedient and obstinate people is a quote from Isaiah 65, verse 2. Paul is weaving together themes here from the Old Testament that basically promise that the Gentiles, a nation who has no understanding, will be approached by God, that those who did not seek me will be found by God, they will be revealed to God. So he's saying that this is not news, that this is something that the prophets have been saying for some time, and that even Moses was promising that. Bringing salvation to the Gentiles is not plan B. It's not something that happens because Israel has predominantly rejected Jesus. Remember when Abraham is told that through you all nations will be blessed. This was the original plan all along. Abraham said it, Moses said it, the prophets said it. And so then what about the Jewish people? And Paul continues on in chapter 11. I ask then, did God reject his people? By no means. I am an Israelite myself, a descendant of Abraham from the tribe of Benjamin. God did not reject his people whom he foreknew. Don't you know that scripture says in the passage about Elijah, how he appealed to God against Israel. Lord, they have killed your prophets and torn down your altars. I am the only one left and they are trying to kill me. And what was God's answer to him? I have reserved for myself 7,000 who have not bowed the knee to Baal. So too, at the present time, there is a remnant chosen by grace. And if by grace, then it is no longer by works. If it were, grace would no longer be grace. So Paul uses this theme again, which we talked last week, of a remnant. That like 
in the time of Elijah, God has preserved for himself a remnant that the word of God, that the people of God continues to go forward, but it isn't always everyone from the nation. It wasn't both of Abraham's sons. It was only Isaac, the son of promise. It wasn't both Isaac's son. It was only Jacob. It wasn't all 12 tribes now as the northern tribes have been carried away and gone. But God is still working through a remnant, is still calling his people out, and not all will accept. And then he goes on to say, What then? What Israel sought so earnestly it did not obtain, but the elect did. The others were hardened, as it is written. God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes so that they could not see, and ears so that they could not hear to this very day. And David says, May their table become a snare and a trap, a stumbling block and a retribution for them. May their eyes be darkened so they cannot see, and their backs be bent forever. And this almost reads like a curse. It's a very harsh set of verses. So I don't want to stop here, but let's read on because Ben Paul says, Again I ask, did they stumble so as to fall beyond recovery? Not at all. Rather, because of their transgressions, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make Israel envious. But if their transgressions means riches for the world, and their loss becomes riches for the Gentiles, how much greater riches will their fullness be? I am talking to you as Gentiles, in so much as I am an apostle to the Gentiles. I make much of my ministry, in the hope that I may somehow arouse my own people to envy and save some of them. For if their rejection is the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? If the part of the dough offered as first fruits is holy, then the whole batch is holy. If the root is holy, so are the branches. If some of the branches have to be broken off, and you, though a wild olive shoot, have been grafted in among the others, and now share in the nourishing sap from the olive root, do not boast over those branches. If you do, consider this. You did not support the root, but the root supports you. You will say then, branches were broken off so that I could be grafted in. Granted, but they were broken off because of unbelief, and you stand by faith. Do not be arrogant, but be afraid. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he will not spare you either. Consider therefore the kindness and sternness of God. Sternness to those who fell, but kindness to you provided that you continue in his kindness. Otherwise, you also will be cut off. And if they do not persist in unbelief, they will be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. After all, if you were cut off from an olive tree that is wild by nature, and contrary to nature were grafted into a cultivated olive tree, how much more readily will these, the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? So Paul uses in this section a metaphor of a tree and a gardener who has brought branches in and attached them to this tree where branches were dead and were removed. And is saying that those who were removed were like those who were Israelites who did not believe and were removed, therefore, from the root which is God. The root of a plant is its source of life and strength. And that is what God is to his people. And he says, so don't be boastful, because if even these, the natural branches, 
If God was evenly willing to remove these when they became disobedient, how much more would he be willing to remove you? You stand as part of this tree, as part of this family, as part of the people of God because of faith. And if others outside, if those who are Jewish come back to faith in Christ, then they too will be readily fit in. There will be a place for them and they will, how much more easily will they be grafted in because this is, as Paul says, sort of their natural place. And then Paul finally leaves us with this message, and we'll close with this today. I do not want you to be ignorant of this mystery, brothers, so that you may not be conceited. Israel has experienced a hardening in part until the full number of Gentiles has come in. And so all Israel will be saved, as it is written, the deliverer will come from Zion, and he will turn godlessness away from Jacob, and this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. As far as the gospel is concerned, they are enemies on your account, but as far as election is concerned, they are loved on account of the patriarchs, for God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. Just as you who were at one time disobedient to God have now received mercy as a result of their disobedience, so they too now have become disobedient in order that they too may now receive mercy as a result of God's mercy to you. For God has bound all men over to disobedience so that he may have mercy on them all. And so Paul looks forward to a day, and he sees it when he looks at the Old Testament scriptures in Isaiah and Jeremiah, a day when the people of God from Israel will come back, a time at which they too will be restored and they too will be forgiven. And with that note, we'll end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to leave them at thebiblestudypodcast.com or send me an email at host at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And as always, thanks so much for listening. found myself on a ledge three stories high at some condominiums contemplating my life and struggling to understand my purpose have you ever found yourself on the ledge my name is billy yant i'm a caring father mentor and friend in my new podcast billy and the goat i share the life-changing events that shaped who i am today to remind you that no matter how far you've fallen god can help you get up and thrive listen now at lifeaudio.com